Welcome to Beyond the Game. I'm your host, Rob Morris, and you're listening to the only podcast dedicated solely to all things sports-related in Moore and South Oklahoma City. Thanks so much to our sponsors who make the show possible, Norman Regional Hospital System, getting us all to a healthier place, and Evans State Farm, helping you realize your dreams and recover from the unexpected. This is a special archive edition of Beyond the Game, featuring an interview with J.D. Runnels, alum of Carl Albert, the University of Oklahoma, and the NFL. He currently coaches running backs at East Central University in Ada, but back in 2019, J.D. was the head football coach at Moore West Junior High. We sat down to talk with J.D. about his experiences in football and life in Moore, Oklahoma. I know a lot of OU fans and a lot of football fans in general are going to recognize your name. I remember seeing you play fullback and a couple of other positions, if I remember correctly, at Carl Albert High School uh, before you went to OU. And I remember telling a buddy of mine in the stands that that guy's a beast. He's terrifying. Um, Talk to me about how you got from high school through OU and into the pros and then here. To be the gentle old math teacher now from from all that violence to that. But no – you know, Oklahoma City kid. We uh, right before I started kindergarten, we moved to uh, to Midwest City. Um, brother, sister, and I all graduated from Carl Albert. I uh, appreciate you supporting us throughout that run. We had a really good run, I thought. Um, went to the pros, did that whole deal. Uh, excuse me, I came to OU. Um, had a really, really good career. Actually, met a girl um, my senior year who graduated from Brink and Westmore. Um, we went to Chicago together. Got married. Did that whole deal. We had a son. Um, and we moved back to Moore, uh, when I finished football, um, I went out to Choctaw and Hera and opened my own gym and did that deal for a little bit. I realized when I had a, my own gym training a lot of high school kids, one, that I had a calling for it and two, that I should probably develop that into college. There was a lot of college kids, pro guys that came around. So I eventually want to be a college trainer. Um, I, I moved myself away from training high school and doing that whole deal. There's some new rules with the NCAA. Um, And while I wait, I was joking with you off air about my NFL insurance running out. (laughs) And so I kind of started looking around and I thought coaching would be something in the meantime that I could do. And um, me and myself and Lorenzo Williams, um, who's the head coach at Westmore, we grew up together and we played little league football together. And so I called him and I just initially said, hey, man, I'm really looking for something, just an hour a day, some insurance, nothing major, sit in an office, collect a check and get out of here. And uh, within a year, I'm now teaching full time, putting 13 to 14 hour days in with 200, 250 plus kids a day. So it's it's amazing how it's it's come along. But um, being able to be around my son is one thing who's here more uh, teaching five math classes, three seventh grade, two eighth grade pre-algebra. Uh, head coaching football, assistant coaching, and basketball and track. So it, there's never a dull moment. And for me, I can tell you um, that I care about kids, that I come from a family of teachers and all that. But the thing that my family of teachers showed me is that you have to show that you care about the kids. You have to show that you can put in the work and all that other stuff through your resume, through the kids going around and telling people how much they care, how much they like your class. That's the impression that I want to make. And, you know, and that was the thing that caught my eye this fall, because 
I didn't know you were here. And it was a Westmore scrimmage or a game, and I saw you, and I thought, well, what's he doing? So, oh, yeah, he's coaching at Moore West. And then I came across somebody um, liked one of your tweets who I follow, and so it showed up on my timeline. So I followed you. And the thing that caught my eye over the course of the fall as you post, and you post about a lot of things about OU and things like that, but you're also posting about kids and the things that you're doing here at Moore West. And it caught my eye that, you know, like we're so fortunate in the more public schools that we have people that are really invested in yeah. kids and are here uh, pouring themselves into kids. And that's what I saw in you. What does it mean to you to be able to be in this scenario right well, now? Well, first, I got to thank my admin. Miss Dutton and Miss Lynn are awesome here. They are, man. I could not work for better principals. Uh, I, I've worked for some different people. Um, they're the best that I've been around. And they the way that they handle situations really helps me handle situations. I model how they are with kids and the relationships that they have with them. For me, you know, again, I, I have to go back to the relationships with the kids is what I really got into it for. And, you know, at, at more West, um, there are kids who there's not the tradition per se, Carl Albert, where I'm from, is just like a different planet as far as tradition goes. Um, but they have a lot of, you look around and they've won so many Holland Bowls. They have tons of talent. They have tons of athletes. Um, it was a natural fit when Lorenzo called me and told me to pick this program up. Um, they won three games last year. We doubled it and won six this year. We, t- uh, we probably went from fifth or sixth place last year to tied for second. Um, for me, it's just giving them some hope, giving them a friend, giving them a guy. Um, and again, going back to Carl Albert, you know, the beauty of us having that tradition is just in the last five years, you got two guys at OSU, a guy at Texas Tech. You got guys here, guys there. So they come back and they see all these guys. Well, here at Moore West, you know, you want to give these kids something that before they go to Westmore, they have an aspiration of, you know, when they came into school, they just said they want to be an NBA player. They want to be an, but now they actually meet one. And now they're meeting a guy that's telling them, Hey, if you really have this dream, it's going to take you, you're going to have to build your own rocket ship to get to the moon. You know I mean? You're, you're not going to just be, somebody's not just going to, you know, give you this escalator right into this beautiful rocket and take you to Mars. I mean, you are going to have to build your own dream. Um, and so for me, it's just helping kids put those things together, the, the daily grind of it, the, the daily, um, you know, we've been working on solving for X for the past five days in seventh grade. You know, a lot of people aren't built to come in, say the same things, deal with the behavioral issues that you deal with, deal with the hyperactive kids, deal with young teenage girls, deal with uh, hyper boys who are, you know, whatever. Um, so for me, it's, it's, again, it's just taking things that my mom taught us, things that, um, my, my brother, sister, and brother-in-law are all educators. My brother's at Dell city, my sister and brother-in-law are at Metro tech in Oklahoma city. It's what we do. We sacrifice for kids. Uh, and then again, I also coach my son's little league teams. I coach uh, fifth grade football and, uh, we're about to start fifth grade basketball over at early wine YMCA, you know, and I, I pride myself on this is. I want you to be able to go ask my the, the kids' parents that I coach, how did they feel about their Little League coach? And, you know, we have a Little League party next weekend over at Heyday. We've got 20. For me, I could tell you that we won three games. You know, we lost six. When those kids show up and my son has friends and my son enjoys playing for his dad and those kids enjoy playing for that's the victory. 
And to be honest with you, that's the victory, in my opinion, that we need from a lot more society. We need a lot more people invested. Don't just tell us that teachers need to be paid more. That's great. Come here and volunteer with us. We have a thousand kids in the school. You know, we, we were short staffed on certain positions. I mean, it's just real. We need coaches. We need teachers. We need males here. Um, so don't don't be afraid. Anybody listening to, to give us a call and come up here and volunteer. Did you see yourself um, when you left OU? And I know you had a few years in the NFL. Um, did you see yourself ending up in this place? No, not at all. I, uh, I was retiring, living on a beach somewhere, you know, and uh, it's amazing because I'm thankful, you know, for, for a lot of people that don't get it. You're like, oh, you made the NFL. And you're like, yeah, but, you know, I went into it thinking I wanted to be uh, at that time. It was uh, I'll think of his name, but he just signed a three point two million dollar deal to be the highest paid NFL for Oh, you get That was his name. Uh, I wanted to be the highest paid quarterback. If I would have signed a four or five million dollar deal, buddy, I would have not come back to Norman and just been a personal trainer. But unfortunately, the situation that led me up to that, um, going to the NFL, having this decent career, and then um, having three years of just scrapping and trying to find a team, uh, didn't leave me with wealth to retire on. Coming back, not having had a job, um, did not leave me a $100,000, $200,000 job to just walk into. It was hard work. It was me starting out in a training gym in Norman, um, working for minimum wage. It was me picking my family up and, and saying, I'm not going to let us starve and do these whole things and get insurance and those deals. Um, but ultimately, it led me to my gym and it led me to my calling. And, you know, whether if I were a million, the, the things that I think about, if I were a millionaire and living all these dreams out that I originally thought I had, I wouldn't have the relationship that I have with Marcus Logan Robertson, Ray Walker, Jason Taylor, Jamie Nance, all these kids that have come through and have become family with me. And now um, it's different when kids depend on me. You know, for me in the NFL, I depended on myself. I depended on my career too. Now I have kids, if I miss a day, all my kids, I, you know, I'll announce it to them. Hey, guys, you know, Thursday I have a teacher drink. Oh, you're not going to be here. You know, you're like, yeah, I'll be back on Friday. You know what I mean? But, but just having that, them wanting you back means so much. And them uh, trusting you to tell you certain things. Some of them vulgar, some of them you don't want to hear. Uh, but them telling you certain things, it'll humble you. It'll humble you really quick. And then lastly, um, there's not many people out there when we talk about sports that have accomplished this. And so for people, for kids, one, the answers to the test of how to get there, and then two, the, to stay there. It's so important. You know, you're not going to be the most in-shape guy when you get to college. You're not going to be the strongest. You're not going to be the fastest. You're not going to be the smartest. Just that conversation, I think, humbles guys a lot. You've been this three-star, four-star, five-star recruit. You've gotten all these scholarships. Everybody's telling you how great you are. But you're going to redshirt when you get there. It's probably going to happen. That's what you should plan on. J.D., but plans on never playing there. It was probably the best thing to happen to him because all of a sudden, three weeks into camp, they just throw you in there. It works out and gets played. It very rarely works out like that. So again, just I'm I'm where I need to be. I'm where I'm supposed to be. Um, regardless of the that's the other thing is I don't even really think about money anymore. You know, I used to think every week I know what my paychecks were. This, that, that, this. And, you know, you don't really think about it because it's just putting so much good karma out there. You know, um, even when kids act, when you know, like this, when 
you know, obviously being the football player, you know, I have this yeah, big voice, big yelling, and I don't really yell. You know, when kids get start talking and that, I'll say, hey, Eris, you've been doing really good today. I appreciate you for being here. I'll find the three or four people in the class that have been doing great for me and thank them. Uh, you find different methods to motivate them. And for me, again, I think it says something when they see these big, mean football players up there. And then one of them can sit down and say, I know you're trying to tease me and get me upset, but I'm going to just focus on these kids who are doing right now. So you're in a place now where it sounds like you're feeling like career-wise, this is a good path for me. It's a very good path. Um, it's something that, I, again, I saw my brother, sister, and brother-in-law do it. They've all got probably close to between 40 and 50 years experience combined. Um, one's an admin, two are uh, uh, ones in coaching. I, I heard about the difference that they made, but then feeling it is totally different. Um, you know, some of the best moments of my life were seeing some of these kids get scholarships to OU. I mean, I never thought in a million years that one of my first clients in Choctaw, Logan Robertson, would get OU. And when he did, I cried. You know, I, I never in a million years thought that another kid in Marcus Major would come into my gym and two days later get offered. Um, those are, you know, to the parents, it was 30 bucks. But that scholarship's worth a quarter million dollars, maybe more. Um, and then to think about the opportunity that I was involved to even help a kid get that. Um, last forever. There's not a feeling better than telling a kid about the rocket ship and what you need to get there and then actually seeing the kid build it, fly it, and get there is special. Let's take a break and then we'll come back and I want to talk a little bit more about working with kids and the things that kids are facing these days. Uh, and we may touch on a couple of other topics, but that's the main thing that we'll talk about when we come back. So we're going to take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to a special archive edition of Beyond the Game, featuring an interview with J.D. Runnels from 2019 when he was the head football coach at Moore West Junior High. We're grateful to Norman Regional Hospital System for sponsoring Beyond the Game and for helping us all get to a healthier place in life. Also want to thank Evans State Farm Insurance, helping you realize your dreams and recover from the unexpected. Hey, we're back with J.D. Runnels over at Moore West Junior High, uh, just sitting a stone's throw away from their brand new renovated locker room, looking good in there, um, and talking about kids and coaching kids and loving kids and pouring into them. And, you know, it, it hits me thinking about Coach Zoe and you. Um, you know, this side of the, the city is pretty fortunate to have a couple of guys that know what it takes to play D1 in professional football. And because tens of thousands of kids will play high school athletes and the percentage of those kids that will actually get paid to play as a professional is so small. 101. Yeah, it, it's staggeringly small. Um, that it, it really does grab your attention. And in the middle of this, here you are as the coach of a, a bunch of junior high kids in a climate where um, the way we deal with kids has changed and the way kids are coached and cared for. And a lot of that's good stuff, like, you know, heat stroke prevention, heat exhaustion sure. prevention, injury care, concussion protocols, all of those kind of things are great and wonderful and beneficial for the kids. But... From your point of view, as a kid who grew up in junior high in the 90s being coached, how 
have things changed for kids or by kids or parents? I mean, what are the changes that you see? Well, let's say, let's let's start with teaching first, if you don't mind, just because policy, 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 first things first. Everything policy-wise has changed. Um, and I think when you when you say that everything starts at the top and then trickles down, I think that's that's accurate. Um, I <laughs> It's hard for me to get on to kids the same way I, we were got, getting on to, the same way people got onto us because we learn differently. And so that means I need to teach differently. Here's how, you know, from my math classes, when the bell rang, you were in your seat, quiet and ready for the roll to be called, right? If you didn't have that, you got sent to the office immediately, right? Well, along with that, you did that. You waited for the teacher to tell the assignment. You did the assignment, whispered while you did it, or if you got caught, you got sent to the office. You did not talk until the assignment was done. And then when you were done, you asked permission to talk. Okay. All those rules have gone out the window. Let's just be real. So for me, it's kind of blending those standards in. It's kind of saying, okay, guys, when the bell rings, I need you quiet. This is why. So for me, a lot of the things are giving them the answers before we even get to a problem. Okay, here's why I'm doing this. If we have a fire alarm or anything like that, I need to know where y'all are here. When when the announcements come on, I need to hear what we're having for lunch today. I'm hungry uh, and joke with them a little bit. But, uh, you know, I need to hear such and such. If they tell me that I need such and such to the office and you don't hear it, your mom's going to be mad at me. So one, it's giving them those situations Two, it's acknowledging that times are different. Um, I'm not one of those uh, kids are soft these days, but we 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 allow them to do a lot of different things. So you you have to incorporate your a phone in the classroom. So what I do is I break my classes into quarters, quarter one, quarter two, and then I give them a halftime break where they can check their phone, text their parents, blah, 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 chit chat a little bit just because that conversation is so important. Um, depending on when the classes, if it's if it's first hour, they've been a little tired. Now they're waking up and want to talk to their friends. If it's fourth hour, they're super hyper after lunch and they want to talk to their friends, but I need them to finish their work first. Um, as far as coaching goes, some of that same stuff happens. When, when I was coached, it was, this is what we're going to do. This is how you do it. You either get it done or there's the door. Okay. Well, now it's, okay, guys, this is what we're going to do. By the way, eventually you're going to get talked to in a certain way that you may not like it, but here's how you need to respond. It's yes, sir. No, sir. By the way, this is what may happen. This is so it, to me, it's prepared. You have to prepare them for before they fail or they're going to fail these days because there's so many more distractions with the, again, the phones, the social medias and that whole deal. If, if you don't tell them and you got to tell them multiple times because they're kids, and, you know, you wouldn't be you'd be amazed if I had a dollar for every time I said, be quiet, sit down, get off your phone, do that. But I also just realized that even when we're practicing, they're going to talk. They're going to get distracted. They're not going to react to um, me yelling and, and doing some of the same things that my, my guy Mike Stoops did to us. You know, um, they're not going to respond now. Are there some old school ways of discipline? Sure. You can still make them do up downs. You can still have them do the barrel rolls and grab walks and all those things. But we can't spank in school anymore. So, you know, it's opinionated whether we should or not. But um, for me, again, the the I didn't want to get spanked. I never got spanked. 
You know, they did it up until second or third grade, but I never got close. Yet my parents signed the sheet, you know, so, so that I could get spanked, but it never got close. Um, and then the other thing is, is we've got to have so many more, just my opinion, so many more kids bring their issues to school these days. You know, back when I was there, a lot of the, it seemed like a lot of kids took their issues home. Now they bring them to school and they put them on us and it's, it's big stuff, you know, um, I do a math journal for my kids every Monday. We talk about how math was, how life was, how life's going and what their weekend or, you know, was like, things like that. And you would be amazed how many, you know, pa- papers I read with traumatic stuff on them, you know, um, stuff that most I didn't deal with when I was a teenager. Um, so, you know, it's it's molding them. It, one, it's acknowledging that they're bringing stuff to school Two realizing that and before I react, trying to understand. Because again, back in the old days, there was no understanding. <laughs> it was, this is how it's going to be done. We're doing it this way and blah, blah, blah. And then lastly, with coaching, it you've got to expand and be new. Um, you've got, I, I would have never thought in, in seventh and eighth grade uh, before the season started that I would have had to pass the ball as much as I did. But now you have to throw the ball. You ha- uh, We are in shotgun every play. Those things would have been unheard of in 1998. And, uh, you know, if you were an exotic play caller, you ran a sweep, maybe a reverse. You know, now our first play against Brink was a, a sweep, reverse, throwback to the quarterback, throw the wheel route, you know. The other thing I want folks to know is you have a very interesting podcast. You know, a lot of really great guests, some fun things, and you're on Twitter so folks can can follow you there and hear what's going on. Tell me a little bit about the podcast, your, yeah. your Twitter handle, all of that stuff, so folks know how to follow yeah. you. Well, I've, on Twitter, it's at just underscore JD38. Um, we post our podcast on uh, Facebook and Twitter, as well as YouTube as the original site. Um, the podcast is called Fullback You. It uh, started out as just a joke because fullbacks don't get enough credit, in my opinion, and uh, we don't get the ball. I could go on a huge rant, uh, but it boils down to fullbacks these days basically can't be All-Americans because we're grouped up with running backs. So every time you see an All-American list, it's quarterback, running back, running back, O-line, wide receiver, tight end. There's never a fullback on there. Why? Well, because if you only choose two running backs, you're going to choose the guys with the best stats. Well, name me a fullback that's going to have 3,000 yards rushing. It's not going to happen unless you're at Navy or Air Force or something like that, right? Um, So we couldn't be All-Americans. So instead of saying All-American you or fullback, whatever, we just call it fullback you. Um, So there's a little brotherhood in there. It is pretty funny, but um, was really honored to have Mike Stoops came on the podcast before he left for Alabama. Uh, I've had on Teddy Lehman, Antonio Perkins, Zach Sanchez, uh, Will Johnson was uh, our most recent podcast. Um, we had one with all the fullbacks, Dimitri Flowers, Trey Millard, uh, Carson Meyer, and Jackson Ewells and myself. Um, it's really interesting. One, obviously, you hear the inside stories and that whole deal. But I like hearing from guys when they first got there. When, they, when the mic and cameras are in their face, you get to hear the 18-year-old then. And for me, Teddy Lehman was 21 and pushing me down every play when I got to OU and making me feel worthless. So hearing him, Trent Smith was another one. He was like my big brother. Uh, But hearing Trent like an 18 year old freshman was something I had never heard before. You know, when I got there, he was a senior and drinking and partying and having all this fun, flying planes and doing all this fun stuff in college. And I'm thinking... Uh, it, it would be fun to just not be worried about Schmitty's workouts all day. But 
Um, you know, those guys were very influential. And then I think it just speaks to um, how much they care about me, that they'll even come around and, and want to help me. Roy Williams has been one. Rufus Alexander, they've come uh, Derek Strait. Um, so guys have been coming back and forth and really, really helping the show. And it's, it's been awesome, man. I hope people can check it out. Uh, so once again, Fullback You is the podcast. Uh, look for J.D. Reynolds on Twitter. Uh, J.D., thanks so much for taking the time. Man, it's a blast talking to you. Uh, again, so many years ago, watching you play Carl Albert, finally get a chance to sit down and talk. Uh, glad to have you working with kids in uh, more public schools. Thank you so much. We got to do this again. Absolutely. We'll do. forward to it. All right. Thank you. <laughs> This has been a special archive edition of Beyond the Game. One more time, we're so grateful for Norman Regional Hospital System and Evans State Farm Insurance for their support in making this podcast possible. You can keep up with this weekly podcast by following More Monthly Magazine on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We'll be dropping new podcasts each week with a unique focus on all things sports-related in Moore and South Oklahoma City.